everybody, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is March 10th, 2021. Happy Mario Day. Uh, it is episode 59. I am Sarah and I'm here with Tyler. How are you? I am great. Wonderful. I know the one thing you did this week that was the best thing that you did this week. What's that? Apex on Nintendo Switch. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that right now. It's uh yeah, it, it, to say it's I had low expectations and it's disappointing to say the least. It it needs a lot it's going to need a lot of patches to be even something that's playable right now. I don't care about the graphics. I think the graphics are going to be bad. It's just I tried it with like two different types of control schemes. Um, I haven't even tried the motion controls apparently don't work at all right now. Like mm. the gyro is, is broken. So don't even bother with that until they patch it. But even just trying to use the joy cons or Luke's like plugged in USB controller, it's just terrible. So I, I was hoping to use as like a fun diversion, maybe play in bed once in a while, but I think I'm just going to stick to PS5 for now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's like anything else. Apparently like when Fortnite and stuff came out on switch, took a couple patches to get it okay. sort of feeling good. So we'll see. But it's nice that Switch players at least have an option out there now. Yeah, no, that was not a highlight for sure. <laughs> what are you? Was there a highlight? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I haven't done anything too special last week. Uh, playing, same old, you know, what I always do. How about you? Yeah, I haven't really been playing much, so I got nothing. I don't know if I've actually done anything. So since we've been doing absolutely nothing, I hope you have a great topic today to talk about. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's great. I think it's interesting, though. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, I do a little bit of research on this one, and most mm. some of it will be off the top of my head too, personal anecdotes and stuff. But I did. I, I think I did in, um, indicate last week that uh, you want a sporty cast. Yeah, it's gonna be sports related. At the time, I didn't really know what that would entail, and I was just kind of like laying around the other day thinking about what topic could be about, and then I what kind of got me thinking was. Like recently, uh, there's been a lot of news coming up about MLB The Show 21. Um, and I remember one of the videos that they had sort of showed off last week that was a big deal for a lot of people was how in the new, ver- at least if you have the next-gen version of the game, uh, you can create your own stadiums this time. Next-gen is now this-gen, by the way. I'm still way. calling it next-gen. <laughs> it's new still. So with Stadium Creator being a big function, or feature, sorry, of the next game, um, it got me thinking about, you know, that baseball is like the one sport not like I'm, I'm going to preface this now by saying when I mentioned sport I'm not talking about obviously every sport in the world but I'm talking about like the major <laughs> sports which you know the major North American sports so let's say basketball hockey football uh, and, and baseball Let's so Ross. yeah no see so in terms of the major North American sports baseball is the one sport where um, field sizes can vary right like obviously when you're talking about NHL and NBA arenas, which to be fair, they usually share the same buildings anyways, for the most part. Um, obviously it's a, it's a fixed surface area, right? And, and football too, obviously it's always the same amount of yards on a field. Like, you know, you could have more seats in a stadium, but generally speaking, the playing field is always the same for those sports. Uh, but MLB is the only sport where the ground rules are different from field to field, right? Each ballpark has its own unique dimensions and quirks which I find very interesting. And it's been that way for like a hundred years, essentially, if you look back at, cause the, the very first, well, not the very first, sorry, the, the longest standing baseball stadium, um, the original stadium, which obviously has had some renovations over time, given the nature of the, of the stadium, but uh, Fenway park in Boston mm-hmm. was built in 1912. Wow. 
and it's like I said, that's that's the longest standing, mm-hmm. you know, North American in MLB use. stadium in use still exactly. Uh, Wrigley Field was a couple of years, I believe it was, was a couple of years after in 1914 it was built, and obviously Wrigley's still going as well with a bunch of renovations they've done in the last couple of decades. But but those those uh, but those stadiums and those fields they still keep their their original feel, the aesthetic of what made them special in the first place, right? And and you had asked me this earlier too. What's the, in terms of what the newest uh, stadium is? Mm-hmm. It's actually, and I was actually wrong. Sorry, earlier I had mentioned to you that uh, it was Atlanta, and then I, in my head I was like, duh, I forgot that Texas just got a new stadium, which technically opened last year, but obviously with COVID uh. last year, no one really got to enjoy it last year. So this will be the first year that people will be able to enjoy the new Texas Rangers stadium. Oh, I don't know what's new about that. I'm excited. It, I'll just say aesthetically, from the outside, it looks awful. It, oh, looks, no, it, no, looks, no. it looks like a warehouse. Like oh. the, the the outside design of the new Texas stadium is terrible. The inside looks kind of cool. But I, I like the old Texas one too. I think it was I think it was called Arlington Field or something. I don't remember the exact name. I think the new one's called Globe Life Field. Obviously, everything has to have a sponsor nowadays yeah. for the most part. But so uh, what I want to get into first is um, well, since you kind of already brought up earlier, I, I got my notes in front of me here. But uh, I want to talk about Wrigley Field here for a second um, because, like I mentioned, it did have some. And when I talk about renovations, I just mean like they kind of, you know, replaced the bleacher seats or Mm -hmm. improved, obviously, some of the press box media areas like for the or for the high rollers, you know, the the suites or whatever. Mm -hmm. Every stadium has that nowadays. But uh, but the one thing that was always interesting to me about Wrigley, and this goes back to when I started watching baseball, like I was a teenager, was um, so Wrigley Field is, um, I guess I always get this wrong. I cannot remember if it's in the north or the south end of Chicago because obviously the White Sox are there too, but they're in different. Oh, right. they're, they're not stadiums aren't like side by side. They're different parts of the city. So I can't remember. I feel like Cubs are on the north side. I could be wrong. You got a fifty-fifty shot. Exactly. <laughs> but the one thing that was always interesting, interesting to me about Wrigley was um, if you're looking at it from the like from the batter's perspective, like behind the outfield, there'd be a bunch of there's like a street and there's a bunch of rooftops across the street, okay. and, like apartment buildings, and the rooftops would have a pretty good view almost like a outfield bleacher view oh, cool. of, of the now obviously you probably need like binoculars or yeah. something to see anything but at least you could people who lived in the buildings would just sort of like go up on the top with like a, a lawn chair yeah. sit on the roof with a beer or hot dog or something mm-hmm. and just kind of like at least enjoy the sounds you hear the crack of the bat yeah. and the fans cheering everything um so over time though the the i can't remember honestly to be honest i should have looked into this i don't remember if it's a specific owner that owns the cubs or if it's like a company like a conglomerate that owns them but whoever owns the cubs now uh, back in 2004, they realized like, cause pe- people, what happened too was people in the apartment buildings, like the landlords, whoever owned the buildings were actually just be like, like legitimately like selling tickets, to sit on the roof and watch. So they're making oh, money off really? of it. And the Cubs were like, no, no, you can't start making money off yeah. of watching our product for free essentially. Right. Yeah. So the Cubs sort of entered into an agreement with, I can't remember if it's two or three different buildings that have this kind of like rooftop view, but they, they, in 2004, they signed a 20 year agreement with those rooftops where the Cubs would get a 17% share of the rooftop revenues. So they still sell the tickets. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then there was a big fuss, I think around, what was it? 2014 or 2015 when the Cubs had mentioned they wanted to put a huge, like a 6,000 square foot video board out in left field. Okay. And the rooftop, it would have obviously completely obstructed that rooftop yeah. view. So the rooftops kind of complained and the Cubs not wanting to get into a whole like legal battle. They said, okay, we'll put off the video board thing for now or maybe, or maybe we'll move it to right field. But then the right field rooftops are going to complain. So oh no matter gosh. what, it's kind of a funny scenario there, but it's like that. That's like the only MLB stadium I can think of where you have that sort of like the way it's built in the, in the city is you mm-hmm. have that, that access from the other the rooftops, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I always thought that was amusing, but um, yeah. So anyways, I'm going to get into some uh, examples here. I wrote down, of um, either, these are either current or 
Yeah, I think they're all current. I'm, I'm looking, no, sorry, there's a couple examples on here of stadiums that don't exist anymore, but for the most part, these are all current MLB stadiums that have interesting quirks okay. or features um, for for fans or viewers, or whether you're watching on TV or watching in person. So I don't have these in any particular order. They're not ranked or alphabetical. I just sort of like went down the list of, of stadiums and picked out ones I thought were unique. So uh, Milwaukee Brewers, for example, they yeah. play at, I believe it's called Miller Park now. They used to play at, I should have wrote these down, but off the top of my head, I think it used to be called Milwaukee County Stadium. They've been at Miller Park for, I don't know how many years now. Is it a decade? Maybe a little less than a decade, but... Uh, anyways, uh, but they've, the one thing they, they kept true was back when they played in the old Milwaukee Stadium, um, their, their, their um, mascot is called uh, Bernie Brewer. Okay. And he's just like, is you look. Beer? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because they're, they're owned by a beer company. Yeah. They got this, this, the uh, team is owned by a beer company. But Bernie Brewer is just like a guy with like blonde hair and he's like a blonde mustache. Oh, and my And he wears the hat. And I don't know. I'm trying to picture him in my head, but he's, he's, a, he's kind of a funny looking mascot. Um like he actually makes sense as a mascot, as opposed to something like the Philly Fanatic. I was gonna say which, the Philly Fanatic, which is like, which is iconic. The Philly Fanatic's an awesome mascot, but you know when you look at him, if you're a new viewer and you're like, you're like what the what hell is the this? What the hell is, is this green? That? What's this green Looney Tunes green? looking thing? He's green. He's the Philly Fanatic. He's green. You're thinking about gritty. Oh, you're thinking about the gritty. Phillies, not well, the, the Flyers. Okay. Not the Flyers. Well, they're both Philly. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's both, what I was saying. They're both yes, they're both from Philly. The Philly Fanatic's been around obviously a lot longer. Gritty, gritty was a few years ago. I like gritty. Gritty's weird, but <laughs> that's hockey for you. Uh, okay, it's getting back to Bernie Brewer second here. So the old Milwaukee Stadium would have a slide in center field whenever a Milwaukee player, whenever a Milwaukee player hit a home run in the old stadium, he would actually go down a slide and land in like a pool of beer. Yeah. <laughs> now to make it more kid friendly, when Miller Park was introduced, he still they still have the slide in yeah. center field, but now he just like slides down into a. I don't know. I don't even think it's water. I think he just slides down and, and lands on a cushion or something. Yeah. But they got rid of the whole beer thing. But it, it's cute because every time they hit a home run, you see him going down this big yellow slide in center field. Um, yeah, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, it's a nice park too. It's one I would like to, if I was going to put it on my list of like ballparks I'd like to visit in the U.S., Milwaukee would be on my list of like probably top 10 okay. I'd want to see. Um, <laughs> this is an infamous one here. Um, Tampa Bay, the Trop- oh Tropicana God, Field. Tampa Bay. Widely known as one of the, I mean, in terms of modern day stadiums, it, it's terrible. I mean, obviously, no one wants to play. It's the only MLB stadium that's currently it is an enclosed dome. Most stadiums nowadays have retractable roofs. That's been mm-hmm. a thing um, ever since the Jays kind of pioneered it, which I'll talk about later. But yeah, but Tampa Bay is the only fully domed stadium that's still active. <laughs> so I mean, it's good obviously because they can never have a rain out. They're never yeah. affected by weather or anything. But at the same time, it's just it just looks so plain. And like when you watch the, the broadcast on TV and stuff, it just looks like I don't well, know. Well, the broadcasters always mention about like the rings and the rules. Well, about that's the rings what I'm getting to. Yeah. So the thing that's unique about Tampa Bay is they have the because of the way it was designed. Obviously, the catwalks. Yes. Uh, they protrude very low from the roof, and they actually they can be they can interfere with play a lot. So there's they had to make specific rules about the rings because. Basically, like there's there's different levels of the rings. I think they said basically. I wrote this down here. If it hits like the second level of the of the catwalks, uh-huh. then the ball is still in play. Whether it lands okay. foul or fair, it can still be in play. Um, but if it hits the like fourth rung, I think or something like that, um, depending on uh, whether it's foul or fair, uh, it's either dead immediately or it could be a home run. Right. Okay. So, but yeah, the it's happened a lot. Where sorry, I think it happens a lot more in left field than anywhere else. But like yeah, so if you have like a righty pull hitter, like a I remember back in the day, like, you know, Jose Batista or, like, uh, Edwin Encarnacion when they would crush home runs in Tampa Bay and they would always hit the catwalks. And yeah. then the, whoever the outfielder was, he'd be looking up, like, okay, is the ball going to fall down? Or is it – then they'd look at the umpires for ruling. Yeah. And it was always just so funny. Well, what's worse about this roof, though, is that it is white. Like, you were looking for a white ball it's against not, a white 
that bad. It is pretty bad. Well, these I'm going to get into an example later of one that used to be worse. Okay. It is but a, you're right. It, 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 there is some scenarios where you could lose the ball temporarily with the, the roof coloring. Yeah. But um, Next one on the list, Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Coliseum is pretty unique because um, it has, of all the stadiums that are currently active in MLB, it has the most um, foul territory. Like oh, the, the foul so line. it's wide. It's pretty wide. And actually, I read this article earlier. I believe it was, I want to give credit to Bleach Report. I believe I read it on. But they said that um, over the last decade or so, statisticians believe that um, because there's so much more foul, tor- foul territory there. Yeah. yeah, over the last decade or so, they did a, a study and they uh, some statisticians believe that um, whether it's, you know, the home team or anybody that plays in the Coliseum, they, they find most hitters could lose as much as 5 to 10% off their batting average because balls that would normally just go into the stands mm-hmm. or be uncatchable are easily, like, easy pop-outs in foul territory. So, I think, so actually, it's funny because Oakland has apparently modeled that. They've always focused more on, on pitching than hitting when it comes to where they spend their money because they're a small-budget team, right? right? But they always try to value good pitching because they feel like if they can get more hitters to pop out, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's so, this type of, you don't want ground ball pitching, you want like pop-up pitching. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, now, to your, your point earlier about Tampa Bay having like the white roof or whatever mm-hmm. in, the, in Tropicana, so what used to be worse actually, the Minnesota Twins used to play in what was called the Metrodome okay. and that also had a white roof, but it was like white. Oh, like it, there, there was a lot of times in the Metrodome where outfielders would have no idea where the ball was <laughs> on a flyout. It was, it was kind of humorous. But yeah, that was a big problem for, and now like they, they have a beautiful, I think it's Target Field they play in now. Mm. Minnesota's another one that would be on my to, must, to, to must see list for stadiums. Um, the Mets, it's kind of funny. The, the Mets actually kind of carried this tradition over to their new stadium, but they used to play at what was called Shea Stadium. Okay, Was yeah. it Shea, Shea Field? No, Shea Stadium, I think it was called. Um, and uh, whenever uh, uh, Mets player hit a home run there, um, there would be a, a thing instead of feel like a platform and a huge apple would rise out of it. <laughs> Why? New York, the big apple. Oh, like, yeah. goodness gracious. So it's kind of, it, was, it was a nice little aesthetic that gave the, gave the stadium some personality. And when they switched over to what's called City Field now, oh, I can't yeah. remember how many years ago they built that, but they have the same thing. They still have the apple. Okay. in center field but i think it's it looks a little more modern like the old <laughs> one looked almost like a big plastic apple that would just come out of like center field oh, so much better yeah it, it had it had an, a dated aesthetic to it yeah. the old stadium and the new one looks a bit more modern i'm surprised they don't just go with like a hologram or something but <laughs> um it's the mets we're talking about here uh next one the arizona diamondbacks uh i think it's chase field it's called mm-hmm. um and they've been there for well sorry arizona's only been around for about 20 years as a team so yeah of course it's the same stadium but i think they better renamed it at one point but um they have uh, out in kind of like in right center field um there's a there's actually a pool they have a pool area where fans can actually take a dip yeah take a dip <laughs> and it's funny because um uh players would always try and aim for it oh really they probably have like i'm sure the stadium or the team has like uh incentives for like hit a home run in the pool and yeah. you know we'll donate or something i don't know but it's funny yeah it's the only stadium that has like a literally a, like an in-ground pool in right center field <laughs> so kind of unique well it's arizona got to cool off right that's so. true that's true um okay, you'll, you'll remember this one this has obviously changed as well but houston astros who um play at minute Maid field uh, it used to be called something else, I think, but I can't remember the original name. Uh, but I remember, I, I think it's been gone for at least like six or seven it's years been now. Gone that long? I think so. Oh. You know, what I'm alluding to. They used yeah. to have a hill in center field. Yeah, it's weird. Like you'd run all the way if the outfielder center field was running all the way backwards, trying to catch a fly ball in the warning track near the wall. There was like a little hill. It wasn't that 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 it's big. Like an igloo. Of, yeah, it's like but a flattened igloo. It, yeah, it would, it would go up. I'm not even sure how many like degrees it would go up, but it was just awkward because every once in a while outfielders would be like tripping over it. If yeah. Or um or the ball would bounce off and take a funny hop yeah. like it was weird they took it out like I said I think it might have been boring I don't, I don't think it was a decade ago was it that long ago but yeah that was a weird little aesthetic that I don't know why they did it <laughs> um but eventually I don't know they, why they took it away chose to take it out 
Um, and now obviously Toronto, the Blue Jays. I mean, obviously why the, the Sky Dome at Rogers Center now, but most of us who grew up with the Jays, so called the Sky Dome, what it's obviously notable for is being the first retractable roof stadium mm-hmm. in baseball. And obviously it created a huge drag. Most stadiums pioneered that now. It's a common thing in areas like, I'm trying to think, what is it? Seattle has one. Um, uh, I think Arizona's is retractable. Uh, who else off the top of my head? I'm trying to think. I know there's at least, probably at least, what, four or five of them that are retractable nowadays. I love trying to remember every year when uh, the season starts, what is the temperature where we can open? Yeah. <laughs> open the, the, but it was cool because you know, I was like, anybody who's been to the Rogers Center or Sky, don't whatever you want to call it, will attest to. Like, it's really cool. Like, you know, if you're if you're if you're there at night and let's mm. just say like they pull back the roof and you can see the CN Tower all yeah. lit up and everything. It's really cool. It's, a nice it's experience. yeah. Rogers Center is still a nice looking stadium. I understand. It was, it's very bland. Yeah. Except for the roof. <laughs> yeah. They haven't done a lot of in, uh, renovation improvements inside the stadium. Like for the viewer, like, but I mean, it's it's fine. Like the seats are fine. The whatever concessions or uh, activities they it have for the kids job. are good. What it does the job. It's just yeah. But I, I know they want to improve. I know they want to improve upon in the next like four or five years. Yeah. I think they have big plans. If, well, the Jays are up and comers again. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Skydome was like I said, it was it was revolutionary for the retractable mm-hmm. roof thing. Um, and and uh, Fenway obviously Fenway Park's next one that goes without saying. I mean, but there's there's more than there's more than one thing actually. Fenway's really weird. Like obviously when you think about Fenway, even if you're a casual baseball fan, you know about the Green Monster. Yeah, that's the most iconic thing. I mean, it's the only one of its kind stadium that that has a, a huge friggin' wall in left field that uh, can either be. Like the wall's not very far, so obviously it's easy to hit home runs over it. But if you're if you're just like a, uh, you know, a low power hitter, you can still hit like doubles and triples off the mm-hmm. wall. Because if you hit it high enough, the freaking the outfielder has to wait for it to bounce down to or, or wait too. for trying to ang- play the angle off of the mm-hmm. wall, so you can. Um, but it's really the dimensions of Fenway are weird too because you have so in, in right field they have something called Pesky's Pole. Have you ever heard about that? No. That was named after a Red Sox player, Johnny Pesky, I believe his name was. So it's like the right field is basically it's deep, like it's mm-hmm. it's it's built very deep. But there's also like a corner where if you can, whether you're a lefty pole hitter or if you just kind of slap the ball as a righty, if you can hit it right down the right field line and you kind of like wrap it around this pole. That's like way closer to the foul line than most teams oh, would be. So okay. it's kind of weird. It, it's hard to explain, but if you saw it on TV, you know what I'm talking about. It's, um, but then the weird thing about Fenway too is like, so you have the big wall left, you got Pesky's pulling right, and then sort of in like left center. It's actually more like right center field. There's just like a part where the wall turns in, and then it kind of like comes back into a triangle formation. So there's like this weird triangle that's like 420 <laughs> feet out in center field. And I can't tell how many times playing MLB The Show 20 that I've just crushed a ball like to like where any other stadium would be a home run, mm-hmm. and it just lands in this like one weird little triangle area in Fenway where it's an out for like 420 feet. I'm like, you're <laughs> kidding me. Like it's the worst feeling. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough to play the outfield of Fenway no matter which because if you're playing left field, you got to play off the wall. If you're playing right field. That's why Mookie Betts was so good for so many years for the mm. boss for the Red Sox because he was great. Uh, he had enough speed and and, and uh, reaction time to play right field well. There's a lot of space to cover out there. Right. But um, yeah, Fen- Fenway is obviously on my list of stadiums I have to see someday in person. Um, oh, the uh, San Francisco Giants, another notable one for many reasons. Um, I think it's is it AT, is it called AT AT and T Park still or something else? I don't remember. But um, even going back to like the Barry Bonds days, I remember that's when it became really popular because they have if you uh, if you hit a ball into if you crush a ball in a right field essentially the stadium is built right on the water yes so if you hit it hard enough obviously you can clear the right field uh, uh, wall and uh, you'll land in what's called McCovey Cove there's just like a uh, so when Barry what Barry Bonds when he made this popular like over for the 15 years ago I don't know, almost 20 years ago now but um, 
there would be so uh, guys would just sit in the cove in little mm-hmm. kayaks and boats yeah. and they would wait for the home runs to land in the water when bombs would crush them and a lot of times you see there's like clips on youtube of guys like diving out of the boats oh, yeah. and going after the balls and but it, it's funny because yeah and they, they have like a, a section on the wall i think in right field they call it the splash what do you call it the splash ticker like there'll be a ticker they keep track of how many balls okay. get hit into the water yep. um it doesn't happen too often nowadays because mm-hmm. like i said as a lefty hitter you really got to get a hold of one i remember a couple of years ago max muncie for the dodgers hit one into the, into the cove but yeah, Barry Bonds was doing it like it was in his sleep back <laughs> back when he was crushing home runs for the Giants. Nowadays, you don't see it too often, but it's it's a cool feature. And, and also, San Francisco is a, is a beautiful stadium. It's definitely on my list of just to see that in person. It's a great-looking stadium. Uh, and what you were asking about Wrigley, what makes Wrigley a bit unique, um, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, Well, one of the things, obviously, that's the biggest thing, if you notice when you're watching a game in the uh, late spring, early summer, is um, the outfield is covered in ivy. The, the ivy on the walls oh, right. is a huge thing. And they actually had to create a special rule for it because what, ha- what would happen was if a, if a player hit the ball right into the ivy or, or it landed on the worn track and bounced into the ivy, it would just get lost. It's, yeah, it's, like, tra- sure. it's like trying to find a ball in a, in a bush, in head, yeah. right? So, eventually, so what they made a rule however many years ago then will be is if it lands in the ivy, it's essentially exact. It's a ground rule double on okay. the spot. Yeah. So you can't turn it into a triple or an inside the park home run. It's just a ground rule double. Okay. So, um but yeah, I don't know. Like really, really, just it's it's a it's obviously an old looking stadium. It doesn't have the weird dimensional quirks like Fenway does. Um, but it's just a classic looking stadium. And uh, but enough talking about stadiums. What I wanted, I another thing that I thought would be funny to talk about, maybe to jog your memory on some of this stuff. I know we talked about them in the past, but uh, another thing that baseball stadiums or teams are, are famous for is having unique foods yeah the good stuff <laughs> um obviously like you know when i go to a baseball game for me it's like i almost always have to have a hot dog or uh you know popcorn or something like mm-hmm. i don't pretzel that kind of thing like obviously beer but <laughs> uh i'm just saying <laughs> like like, like I don't know, it's weird like every every stadium is different like if, I, if i'm going to a hockey or basketball game which i haven't done too often in the last you know 10 years or so to be honest but if i go to a hockey or, or uh, basketball game i'm probably eating like popcorn like nachos mm-hmm. candy that kind of thing but baseball game it's like i don't know especially if you're sitting outdoors it's like you need a hot dog and a beer and some maybe some fries or pretzel or something that's just sort of your typical baseball food but obviously stadiums well especially toronto not toronto not so much but in the u.s a lot of teams have gotten very creative with their foods oh yeah as you can imagine especially down in the south so i made a short list here again it's not in any particular order um of sort of like unique foods that each team might offer okay. um, i only have right. i only have about 10 or so listed on here but i think they're pretty cool and i wrote down the names for some of them but not all so the first one i'll start with which is pretty cool um and i think it's, it's a recent one maybe in the last i don't know five or six years but the seattle mariners mm-hmm. however many years ago they started serving uh fried grasshoppers yeah <laughs> and apparently these things are like amazing like they sell out all the time they can't keep these things in stock people go nuts over them i'm curious to try it i never thought i wanted to eat a fried bug but <laughs> i don't know it's not like they're like Dows and some kind of like powder, like a salty or chili powder or something. So, um, Arizona Diamondbacks have apparently have a foot long hot dog, which is nothing special. Oh, I mean, lots yeah, of teams, but okay. so foot long hot dog wrapped in bacon okay. and topped with a uh, Cheetos cheese sauce. <laughs> so, do we melt down the Cheetos? Apparently, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's nothing too crazy, but foot-long hot dog wrapped in bacon sounds pretty good to me. Sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Hang on. Oh, okay. <laughs> this one actually sounds delicious, too. So Cincinnati Reds have a um, uh, a, a smokehouse bowl uh, filled with pulled pork, baked beans, mac and cheese, uh, in a fried tortilla shell with barbecue sauce. That sounds That yummy. sounds pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, I would try that. <laughs> the Chicago White Sox um, uh, for a dessert. If you want for a dessert choice on this list, the Chicago White Sox apparently will give you a three-pound banana split and they serve it in a batting helmet. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the pitcher makes it look huge. Like I'm sure it's. I'm sure one person probably could eat it. I'd probably have to split it with someone. You got nine innings. You got time. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's going to melt. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> um, and obviously, you can't. You can't leave. I, mean, I could have probably made this whole dish it's full of Texas things because Texas yes. has so many, but this one stood out to me. So they call it the boomstick. Uh-huh. It's a two-foot hot dog. So get these footlongs out of here. It's a two-foot hot dog, um, which contains a total. It's a one pound of beef, essentially. Okay. So two two-foot hot dog, one pound of beef, and it's topped with uh, brisket and Doritos. Jeez Louise. <laughs> and the pitcher makes it like the pitcher makes it like it's two feet. You, you're thinking trying to carry this thing back to your seat. You, yeah. You know, you're, you're, it's like carrying. You're thwacking people right? on the yeah. way. Um, and again, you probably could share it or you could do the whole thing on your own. It's up to you. <laughs> this is an interesting one. Tampa Bay. And I, and I, I laugh at this because I, I, there's always been a joke for years that Tampa Bay are always trying to get fans in the stadiums because yeah. they don't sell out. Like no. there's, it's unfortunately just the way Florida fans are, whether it's Miami or Tampa Bay, both fan bases are a little fickle about attending the games. So Tampa Bay always tries to get promotional stuff going, right? Mm-hmm. So this one, uh, Tampa Bay will, uh, sell you, it, it's a four pound burger. And oh a pound of gosh. fries. Oh my god! And if you finish the whole thing, um, obviously before the end of the game, then they'll give you two tickets to a future game. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's a little incentive, <laughs> but um, I, I think I didn't really, really read the rules too much. I'm not sure if you could like share it with someone or if you oh, you know, like right. I, I don't know, like what are they gonna like have someone stand by and watch you? Like I don't <laughs> know how they I don't know how like they know you don't just take it to the washroom and throw it out or something. Yeah. But I mean that'll be a waste <laughs> of money. But yeah, I mean something a cool thing to share with yeah. someone for a pound program a pound of fries, but not to be outdone by that, the Washington Nationals. Will sell an eight-pound burger. Eight-pound oh burger. Gosh. It's fifty-nine dollars U.S. Oh my god! <laughs> now they say it's meant to feed four people. So this one you're allowed to share apparently, and there's no okay. like there's no promotional incentive around this one. But the picture makes it look insanely huge. Like yeah. an eight-pound burger, sixty dollars for a burger. Like I, I get that you could share it with. It's essentially a family meal, <laughs> but still, <laughs> I just I, I, I just picturing carrying this monstrosity back yeah. to your seat, and it's like oh my gosh. This one sounds really good. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. They actually Pittsburgh has a lot of cool things I could put on this list. Like apparently they have the best crab fries. Oh. Uh, in uh, crab fries, apparently it's served in a few different stadiums, but apparently Pittsburghs are the best from okay. what I've heard. But this one caught my eye. The Pittsburgh Pirates sell something called the closer. <laughs> it's it's a giant looking grilled cheese, like okay. a like a double or triple decker. It's a grilled cheese that has nine different cheeses and three different types of bacon. Oh my gosh, that sounds like constipation. It's, yeah, it would you'd be hurting after eating this thing, but it looks delicious at least in the photo. Uh, and we're going to round this out with the Dodgers. Again, Dodgers have a lot of cool food choices, but I thought this one was pretty unique. The Dodgers have a, it's a grilled corn on the cob. Okay. Uh, topped with cheese, lime, mayo, and chili powder. Interesting. And the pitcher made it look really good too. I would like it like off the cob and like in a mm. bowl kind of thing, but yeah. it's still cool. I mean, there's tons of these lists. Um, you can find on the internet like over the last few years every team's trying to try to like oh, one up yeah. one up each other with these food like, i know atlanta has a lot of cool choices too i didn't put them on the list but um yeah i don't know i just if i was going to go to one of these stadiums like on a road trip type thing i'd be tempted to try out a lot of these foods <laughs> even if they're like freaking i mean uh, leaving aside the washington one most of these foods are like 20 30 bucks us so they're not cheap right but you gotta drive you, home after that you're, though you're, too you're getting a big portion size yeah i would definitely need to like probably going to a food, food coma after eating all of this stuff <laughs> Just sort of like to kind of finish off the conversation here. What I love about, I mean, again, I haven't, to be honest, I've only ever been to two different types of MLB stadiums in my life. I've been to a bunch of Blue Jays games, whether it's back in the Skydome days or more recently at the, the Rogers Center games. But um, you and I, when we were actually on our honeymoon, 
um, back in in uh, 09. We mm-hmm. went uh, we went on a road trip in the U.S. and we went to the Cincinnati Reds Stadium, mm-hmm. which is still still the same. It hasn't changed at all. Great American ballpark. But it's so different than the Sky Dome. <laughs> it was great. I mean, yeah, it was all outdoors, yeah. like, like truly open. We had a great view. I think we were sitting somewhere down, like oh, higher on the remember? third baseline. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, third baseline. I remember, and I remember the one thing I remember about that game, which is ironic. Oh, for, I remember. Which is ironic for us being Canadians. Yeah. Is that uh, and Joey Votto, obviously, who's still on the Cincinnati Reds, he was like in his prime back yeah. when we were at this game. And Joey Votto, I think, got ejected in the first inning he of the did. game we were at for arguing balls and strikes. Yep. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we're like we're Canadians, Yay. and the only Canadian guy got thrown out. What's going on Whee! here? And it, there wasn't a lot of fans there that day. I remember no. the stands weren't very busy, but it was a great game. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah I, I would love to go back to that stadium again, too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, so, but in my experience, I don't know, it, going to Jays games, I mean, obviously, like, when you're at a, if you go to a Jays game and the dome is closed, whether it's, like, mm-hmm. weather-related or if it's just too cold earlier in the year, mm-hmm. it's disappointing because it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it does seem better when it's open. Mm-hmm. It just feels more like you're at a baseball game. When you're sitting inside in a dome, it, you got to sit in the right spot, though, too, because, like, if you're going at a 1 o'clock game on a Sunday and you're right in the sunlight, not so fun. And I'm trying to think, too, of, like, I, I don't know, I've probably been to, I don't even think it's been a dozen, and I've always pretty much sat, I usually will sit, I mean, I sat up in the in the nosebleeds, like, in mm-hmm. the, in the, in the like, on the third baseline, usually uh, a bunch of times. I, I did get to sit behind home plate one time. I may have been a little inebriated that game, too, so I don't remember the exact details. But I did take a lot of video at the time. I remember, like, Tulowitzki and... Uh, I mean, obviously, it was back in the days, you had Batista and Tulowitzki and Russell Martin, all those guys were, mm-hmm. were playing. So, it was probably like back in what, 2014? I don't remember if I saw Kawasaki <laughs> or not. But, anyways, um, but but one place I have never sat before at a baseball game was in the outfield. Really? I never that's sat in outfield I, seats. Yeah. Whenever I went as a kid, that's where my family would sit, it's outfield. Always second. Row I just up. always, I don't, I always feel like I wouldn't really enjoy the view in the outfield that much because. No, it's a lot of hecklers out there. Yeah, I get that. But I always prefer to sit either. Like higher up behind home plate or like on the third baseline. I don't even think I've ever sat really down the first baseline. Oh, maybe no. Sorry, that's a, that's a lie. I think one time my dad, sorry, my dad took me to a game years ago where we did sit on the first baseline. Like maybe only like six or seven rows up from the dugout, which mm-hmm. was pretty cool. But um, yeah, mostly it's I'm on the third baseline or in the nosebleeds. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. Like I, um, I don't know. Baseball is just one of those things. Like I, I just love chilling at a baseball game. I remember a couple times when I went to the Jays game and I would have, I, would, I always, pretty much always buy the programs when I go there. Yes. $5 program or whatever it is. Because I like to do the, um, I like to try score and do the box scores, like box the scorecard myself. Just to keep yourself amused if the game is like a snore or a blowout or something. Yeah. You just want to keep yourself invested. Um, obviously, you know, the what you watch the scoreboard. They always have a bunch of promotional things during the game, activities and contests and stuff. But. Are you yay or nay the wave? I am okay with the wave again if the game is like super boring or a blow or something. I don't like when people are doing the wave when it's like an intense situation, like when I'm trying oh. to focus on the game because <laughs> then I'll just ignore it. Like I won't do the wave. Uh, but I see it. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, yeah. If you have like if you have like twenty thousand fans at a game and it's a snore fest, you see a bunch of people in the outfield trying to do it. I'll join in for a while. <laughs> How many beers gotta, have you had before then? <laughs> I usually always have a couple at a baseball game. I, I, that's another thing. I feel like you can't go to a baseball game without having at least one or two beers. Like, no one just drinks one beer at a baseball game. It just doesn't happen. But what if you drink zero? You could, but then it's not a baseball game. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. <laughs> Frank, even when I'm playing, it will be the show 20 now at home. I always have a beer beside you when I'm just... I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. You can tell I love baseball. You're Jonesing. Like, baseball to me... Okay, one more thing I'll say about baseball before we can wrap this up here. You know the one thing I like about baseball, too? Or the one thing that is very unique with baseball compared to any other major North American sport... 
I'm, I'm saying majors. I'm not I'm excluding stuff like tennis and golf and other sports. I won't qualify for this discussion. But baseball is that one major team sport. Let's say team sport here where there's essentially no clock, right? There's no time That's limit. That's true. Like any other sport, you know, you have basketball. You have mm-hmm. 12 minutes and a quarter or 15 minutes and a quarter, whether you're talking about football or basketball. Um, but yeah, baseball essentially... The first, on the, forever. The first inning could take an hour. There's if no you have, If you have like a bunch of offense or if it's just... Uh, I mean, it's always been a long-running joke that... It's gotten better over time, but back in like the 90s and 2000s, the Red Sox and Yankee games oh were always, guar- always guaranteed to be like four and a half hours, yeah. like just for a nine inning game, just because there'd always be a lot of like pitching changes or a lot of intense at bats and yeah. guys like, you know, Nomar Garcia Parra always stepping out and changing their gloves every, or I mean, adjusting their gloves every, yeah. uh, every at bat and at bats would just take forever. Um, but yeah, like, and then, and then it's funny because on the flip side of that, you'd have, um, when you think about pitching or uh, baseball games that are short, the one name that always comes to mind is Mark Burley. It was always the master. He was a guy who could probably pitch you a complete game in like two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like he was an efficient pitcher. He liked to just keep the keep the pace moving and he didn't drag things out. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, yeah, baseball games nowadays are essentially you're always looking at usually a minimum of three or minimum of three hours for a nine inning mm-hmm. game. Sometimes a bit less, sometimes a bit more. And then you get into the Yankees games or playoff games where it's usually like four hours or so. But yeah, I just like that there's no like there's no rush. Like baseball, you know, the the pace is dictated by either the pitcher or the offense, whatever's going on in the field. Like there's no they've obviously tried over over MLB has tried over the last few years to try and implement some pace of play rules. Like pitchers can't take a minute to pitch anymore, that kind of <laughs> thing, or step off too many times. But um but yeah, I don't know. I just like baseball. Like when I go there in person, it's a, I know I'm in for a leisurely afternoon. I want to have a couple beers and hot dog, and whether I'm sitting outside or inside, hopefully outside. I, I don't know. It's just it's a relaxing experience for me, and I miss it right now. I really want to watch a baseball game in person again. My last question to you is: What if everything opened at once? Would you run to a theater or would you run to a baseball game? Can I not do both in the same day? Nope. You get to choose one. <laughs> Well, I mean, I would obviously say baseball game because... What if it was Bond or a baseball game? But again, the baseball game is happening that day. I only have one chance to see it. I can see mm-hmm. the movie anytime, right? But you don't so, want to go see Bond on opening day? If you were asking me if I had a chance to see... If I had a choice between seeing James Bond opening day or like the Blue Jays opening day game, I would choose the Jays. Okay. Yep. I see where your priorities lie. Yeah. Well, especially now. You, you know I'm ramping up into baseball mode this time. Like I was obviously all over baseball... Uh, even when you know, even when the postseason was over, because I was still playing on be the show yeah. twenty and stuff. But now with like spring training going, and we're like less than a month away from the start of the actual regular season, uh, and it will be twenty one coming out in, in about uh, five weeks. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm super in baseball mode right now. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Gotta get a fancy team going soon too. Yep, that's all we need. So uh, yeah, do you want to? You can give the email shout out in a second, but I'm guessing you for our if anybody has an email question this week or if they want to propose. If you want to tell us any about any memorable baseball experiences you've had in person, uh, games you've attended, or moments you've seen, or just yeah anything related to any any anything any interesting stadium quirks that I didn't mention or baseball foods you want to give a shout out to, <laughs> anything baseball related, pretty much. So send us an email at <laughs> when opposites react at gmail dot com. All right, well that uh, wraps up this week's segment. Uh, next week. I'm guessing it'll be movie related. I don't really have a topic off the top of my head this time, but uh, I think it's something. <laughs> as you always do. So, as always, thanks again for listening, everybody. Hope you're staying safe out there, and we'll be back sometime next week. Boys. Bye. <laughs>